The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So, put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy, happy Friday. I hope that you didn't miss me too much as we continue adjusting to me podcasting every other week. As you know, I am now blogging on Dancing Offstage, my newest blog platform where I discuss the post-performance careers of professional dancers. Um, and I've had some really positive feedback with my new blog lately. So thank you so much for allowing me to shift back and forth between podcasting and blogging. It gives me a little bit more time to find inspiration for posts and for uh, topics here. Um, and it's really paying off. I feel it really was the best decision, the right decision for me to uh, to do that and, and to post weekly, but on, on different platforms. Last week on my blog, Dancing Off Stage, I wrote about hands-on corrections as a male dance instructor, and it's gotten some really good feedback. And uh, in fact, it was just featured, uh, <laughs> well, I'm recording this before Friday, but uh, today, when I'm recording on Wednesday, it just got featured on Dance Teacher Magazine's website. They reached out to me, they, they loved it, and they wanted to share it. So I'm very excited about that. Um, in the weeks, the two weeks prior to that, I also wrote about whether dancers should continue taking class after they retire from the stage. Um, I got many shares, including one from the Royal New Zealand Ballet's artistic director. She also directs Grand Rapids Ballet, uh, Patricia Barker. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please head on over to dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. 
com. You can find my blog there and you can click that subscribe button and, and check in with that. You can also remember you can subscribe to this. So if you, you, you forget to check in, they'll send you a nice little reminder. Other than that, I've been filling my life with Nutcracker as of late. Uh, back at the beginning of December, I performed Drosselmeyer in Greenwich Ballet Academy's Nutcracker, which was a ton of fun. The kids did so well, and I got to share the stage with some of their parents as well, who, while nervous, also held their own so well on stage. Um, a highlight of the weekend was getting to watch the uber-talented guest artists who... Uh, were quite young, still teenagers, um, and they danced Sugar Plum and the, the Cavalier with a plum. Um, Charlie Clinton was the Cavalier. He was an, a very apt partner and charming Cavalier, and he partnered Elizabeth Beyer, who is actually Greenwich Ballet Academy alumni, and she recently won the gold medal at the Moscow International Ballet Competition. She really took my breath away, and it was truly wonderful to see the next generation finding themselves on stage. Other than that, I went home this past weekend where I was raised about 45 minutes west of Philadelphia and I performed the Cavalier uh, on my own, which I'm retired. So <laughs> um, it's just nice to get back on stage and to help the, the students that come from my, my alma mater where I got my very beginning training. Um, it's nice to go back and help them learn how to partner and, and to give back. So, okay, before I go on too much about Nutcracker and everything that's been happening, let me quickly run down my current open class schedule uh, so that you have an idea of what is going on. So, um, still have my Friday Advanced Beginner Ballet classes happening at Broadway Dance Center, um, 6 p.m. I'm also, I also have my Tuesday, uh, 10.30 a.m., beginner ballet classes at Broadway Dance Center. All of my basic ballet classes through the new year are now uh, not happening because uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, I don't think that people are going to come at 6 p.m. to take a basic ballet class. But uh, that will come back in the new year for one week, and then that will shift over to an absolute beginner workshop. Uh, so if any of you are in the New York area, New Jersey area, Connecticut, or can make it out here, I have an eight-week workshop where every uh, Sunday at 6 p.m. I will be starting at the very beginning, the basics of ballet. Uh, I've actually had one or two people from this podcast reach out to me, so I'm excited to meet, meet you guys and to get working on that. Alrighty, so what are we going to talk about this week? I was thinking, you know, there's so much going on. And there's so many things that I could talk about. But since you will be getting this episode on the 22nd, um, and then you won't hear from me again until the 5th, I figured I would talk about just looking back at this past year and what I've been doing, and then looking forward to the next year and what I hope to do. I um, Some of the best advice that I ever got was from my friend and former core dancer at Pacific Northwest Ballet, Pas uh, Pacifica, no, uh, Jessica Onspock. Uh, she joined Pacific Northwest Ballet as an apprentice the year that I joined in the core. And we had uh, very parallel careers, and we became very close. And I even became close with her, her family. And um, I remember it was probably the second or third year after uh, we we had met, and we were at an uh, we were at a gala, a Pacific Northwest Ballet gala opening night opening of the season gala, and after we had dinner and uh, danced on the stage, Jessica's dad pulled me aside and he said, 
he said, what, what would you like to achieve? What, like, what are you hoping that you can do? And I, I gave him an idea. Like, I, of course, at the time, I was like, I want to be a principal dancer. I want to do these roles. I want to uh, be established enough so that when I'm done dancing, that I can continue in the dance world as either a director or a teacher or a choreographer. Um, and he said, well, the best advice that I can give you is to write down the things that you want to accomplish because you would be surprised how often you forget because other things get in the way life happens and you get off track and you forget that you want to accomplish these things um also it's nice to just have a regular reminder that you uh you have these goals and you can always pull it out and look at it and then be inspired to continue pursuing those goals so i'm gonna i've been doing that for years and i if you actually look back on one of my previous episodes that i talk about how you can give yourself a retreat to help you reach your goals. Um, it kind of goes along the lines of that, but it's not as extreme, but I'm going to one up my game this time and I'm going to put it in verbal format for all of you. So this might be a little bit of a self-indulgent podcast, but you know, (laughs) I'm going to share my, I'm going to share what happened this year that I'm really excited about and, uh, maybe things that didn't go so well. And then, um, I'm going to tell you what I'm, I'm looking forward to in the new year. And I hope that it inspires you to do the same. It's really good to look back, um, and to assess kindly, um, and constructively, and then to look forward and make sure that you have reasonable goals, um, short-term goals, less reasonable, more exciting, <laughs> long-term goals, and then uh, an ac- a, game, an, a game plan, an action plan to make sure that that happens. I'm getting all tongue-tied today. So um, this year, obviously, has for those of you that have been along for the ride, it's been a crazy year. Um, I honestly can't even believe, I feel like three months have passed and it's been an entire year. So um, we all know, that I, I, well, we all know, for those of you that don't know, I spent the last uh, almost years of my life preparing to move to New York City. Um, But the real big push came this past January. um, And it only exploded from there. So uh, I was commuting, it's uh, back in 2000. 16, mid 2016, I was only commuting to New York about two to three times a week um, to start setting up work to prepare to move to the city. But by January, things had really picked up. Um, I was working, I had, I was guest faculty, new guest faculty at Broadway Dance Center and at Steps on Broadway. I was picking up classes um, and back in January, I got my very first uh, regular class at Broadway Dance Center, my Friday advanced beginner class. And that kind of really set me up well for where the year was going to go. Um, During that time, it's interesting because just like freelancing, when I was performing as a freelancer, um, teaching and choreographing, it also sometimes feels like feast or famine. Um, And it seemed like I was going to have a feast, sorry, a famine period in January, but I I actually ended up having a feast and it came out of nowhere. Within a matter of a couple weeks, I was asked to uh, teach two master classes at New York University for the Second Avenue Dance Company. It's uh, the graduating, the junior and graduating classes at Tisch, the Tisch School for the Arts. Um, I was also asked to teach master classes at the School of Pennsylvania Ballet. Um, and I was asked to give a uh, presentation for Gibney Dances, Dancers Economic Empowerment Program about um, negotiating 
contracts. Um, and I also received my first commission from Columbia Ballet Collaborative, where I got to go to Columbia University and work with some very talented dancers that uh, go to Columbia, but a handful of them, they've had professional careers, they're having professional careers, that they're hoping to have professional careers. So it was a really great group of dancers. And I got to choreograph beside some really spectacular choreographers, Claudia Schreier, Emery Lacrone, Craig Salstein from American Ballet Theater. Um, and some of the alumni dancers came back and choreographed as well. Um, so my, my year started off really well, but what I didn't realize was how overwhelming um, things could get. I was actually just talking to my husband the other night because uh, now that we're getting settled into our, our place in New York, um, he's starting to uh, build his business back up in New York. Um, and he's he's gotten some interest, some really good interest in some things I can't really share right now. Um, and I could tell he was stressed. And I, I turned to him and I was like, you know, it's interesting because negative stress feels bad. Um, but Positive stress is still stress. Um, when too many positive things happen where you know that you have to be able to follow through with something, it can be stressful. It's not a negative thing, but it's it's the idea that great things are happening, but now you have to make sure that you're really on top of your game to make sure that they're that they that you're able to maintain and grow and all that. So I had a lot of positive stress. I remember within like a week, five things had happened. Oh, and I had also been commissioned to uh, choreograph on the Uptown Dance Company in Houston, Texas, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so all this happened in a very short period of time. And I just remember I had some days I felt like I couldn't even catch my breath, but it wasn't like I was just overwhelmed with positivity, which is sounds weird. But anyway, so um, all of that went went mostly well. But uh, if, if you listen back, I, I share everything not everything, but most everything on here. And um, I, I podcasted about my experience teaching for NYU. And um, that wasn't the most positive experience for me. I, I felt good when I was teaching, but um, I, there was a bad reaction and they actually disinvited me to come teach the second master class. And I still never heard, I still have never heard from them. But now that I have distance, I, I have more uh understanding I think of what happened there I wish that they would have been forthright because I'm very forthright and candid and even if something's painful I'll talk about it um but I think what happened was uh because I'm working on developing this contemporary dance syllabus for pre-professional ballet dancers and I was brought in um I think because they were kind of excited by that idea and um I don't think I had developed it far enough I'm, I'm I'm getting there now and I hope that one day they invite me back so that I can show them how far it's come along but um I don't think that it was uh I don't think that it was developed enough to really work well for those those dancers also coming from a ballet background i think more of the dancers had come from a modern background so it was a, a bit different but that was a painful experience for me there moving on throughout the year i i was really starting to grow into uh my job teaching at greenwich ballet academy that i had started back in 2016 um one thing that i found very interesting over the past year um, because with my work with Greenwich Ballet Academy as my first school that I had taught at regularly ever, <laughs> um, like a weekly class where I could work with the same students. I, at Alaska Dance, the th- Dance Theater, when I directed the company there, um, I did for four, I did that for four months, but not for an entire year. Um, but one thing that I, I'm learning about myself as a teacher is usually the first couple of weeks, students freak out with me. They panic because I'm very 
hard teacher with high expectations. Um, and with the way that kids are these days, they seem to, instead of being engaged right away, they're waiting for you to engage them. And if they're a little nervous or a little scared to work with you, um, which is very common when a, a male teacher comes in to work with a bunch of female students, um, I think that instead of becoming interactive, they become withdrawn. And that can often be seen as uh, disinterest or uh, not try, like lack of effort. Um, and I, around March or April this year, I started to finally see some of the the fruits of my labor as I, my labors as I was uh, helping to educate these students that contemporary dance is just as important in the ballet world as is in the contemporary dance world. Because if you look at all of the ballet companies in the country, most of them, if not all of them, are performing some type of contemporary ballet or contemporary work. So um, after that, took just a short little break to go to New Orleans and then um, I had a very exciting thing happen where I was asked for the first time to write an article for Dance Magazine. Um, I, I had been featured in Dance Magazine previously, which was one of my life goals so, um, to keep on getting... Uh, to keep on staying in contact with Dance Magazine was very exciting. But what happened was um, I had been in discussion with the editor-in-chief, Jennifer Stahl, and we we came, uh, we came were talking about topics that I could write about, and I, I wasn't thinking <laughs> I wanted to promote myself. I was just excited to write. And I gave her a couple of topics, and she really wanted me to write about uh, what it was like to super commute from Philadelphia to New York and why I was doing it and what opportunities I'd gotten through uh, my extreme effort <laughs> of getting up at 6.30 in the morning most days and then getting home at 1.30 in the morning, going to sleep and doing it again almost every single day of the week. Um, so it was such an honor to get to write for Dance Magazine, but then it was even more amazing that I got to tell my story and I got to tell my story the way I wanted to tell it. It wasn't like I told somebody my story and then I said, Oh, well they missed that detail. And well, I, I, they, they that wasn't right. And this, like, it was exactly my story and it was a feature on, on me. And then my friend, Catherine Gurr, who also, uh, is still currently super commuting from Philadelphia. So that was a huge excitement. This summer, I spent a ton of time teaching. Um, I traveled every single day to teach, and it was it was a bit overwhelming. I was starting to burn out at that point because I think also around June or July, I'd finally talked to my husband. And we had made the decision that we would move between September fifteenth and October fifteenth. So I was really ramping up work, trying to save up money so that I could afford the move, um, and also trying to get in with certain organizations so that I could uh, have enough work to sustain myself and my husband once we we moved to the city. So kind of killed myself this summer and I, I started to realize I was extremely burnt out and that's where I, transitioning really started to happen. I thought tra I was just transitioning my, my home from Philadelphia to New York, but even my mindset started to transition. Um, I really felt uh, myself growing into myself, like my, my being as a teacher and a choreographer and a media personality and um I, at the same time, I had this other thing happening where I was burnt out and I couldn't write 
in my blog, Live for Freelance Dancer, and I was having trouble coming up with content here on Pod to Chat talking dance. Um, so after a conversation with uh, my counselor, which you can also hear in another episode where I talk about whether I should continue blogging or not, um, I decided to shelf my blog, Life of Freelance Dancer, for the summer to see what would come of it. Um, and I, I continue podcasting here. Um, but after having time off from it, I realized that I was having trouble writing because, yes, I was burnt out. I mean, I was, I, sometimes when you're burnt out, you're in denial that you're burnt out. Um, I was pretty burnt out from, from all the travels. But, um, it was more so that I, my life had completely transitioned and I was empowered by being a teacher and a choreographer and a media personality. And I, I was running out of experiences to talk about as a freelance artist because I hadn't been doing it. Um, for a while. So it's essentially, it's like if I have a, I don't know, if I have a drawer full of socks, <laughs> I keep on pulling out the socks that I never do laundry, I'm going to run out of socks. And that's kind of what was happening with my, my freelance experiences as a performer. So finally, I, I gave myself permission at the end of the summer to stop blogging on Life of a Freelance Dancer. But I remember the thought crossed my mind that I didn't want to stop writing because I enjoy it so much. And that's how uh, dancing off stage was born, which I was telling you about earlier in the podcast. So what ended up happening was I, I was going to start in August. And then I, I told myself, Barry, you do this all the time. You take on too much and <laughs> then you get overwhelmed. And then you, you, you don't know how, you don't know where to, where to move forward from there. Um, and then you always run the risk of burning out. So I, I gave, I, I learned an important lesson. I gave myself the okay to just not do anything for a while. So I told myself, once I move, I will restart my blog. And I started in November, but I'll get to that in a second. So, um, one of the <laughs> exciting moments of my year was when I got to go down and choreograph on the Uptown Dance Company in Houston, Texas. Uh, and I also choreographed on their second company. I did a contemporary piece for the company and I did a neoclassical piece for ballet piece for their their uh, pre-professional company. Um, and for me, I, so I was burnt out and I was thinking, okay, okay, I'll be working hard, but at least I won't have to get on a bus. All I'll do is I'll stay in my host's house. They'll drive me to the studios and I'll go back to the house. I'll finally get some time to not be on a bus and not commute. Well, <laughs> if you listen to my podcast about going to Houston, you find out that I got exactly what I wish for. My problem is I always get what I want. I just don't always get it how I expect it. <laughs> and I ended up getting stranded in Hurricane Harvey, which if anybody knows me personally, I am obsessed with natural disasters. I think they're fascinating. Um, but to actually be in one, I mean, it was fascinating and amazing and horrifying and scary all at the same time. So I ended up getting stranded down there. Um, and preparing to move to New York, hoping that I can get back in time to find my apartment because we had already given our two months notice to get into, uh, into, or to, to our two months notice to leave our apartment in Philadelphia. So, um, it was stressful. We were hoping that our, luckily our house didn't take on any water, but we knew a lot of people that were affected by it. It was quite tragic. Um, but we, I, luckily I made it out of there. Um, and after, going to a few weddings and getting everything back in order and starting to teach for the new year, we started searching for an apartment. Um, so I was, I've, I've been teaching at five schools since September and we had our apartment search, which, uh, I also did. It's all about pod. My life seems to revolve around podcasts these days. Um, talked about 
apartment hunting for New York artists, if or just anybody in general, um, you can listen to that episode. So uh, it didn't go smoothly. It was probably one of the hardest things I did this year. And the thing that I think was the biggest challenge for it was I worked so hard for two years that I felt, and I didn't realize this till afterwards, but I felt that the universe owed me a smooth move. I thought it should be an easy process. I should get the most amazing apartment and we'd move up here and everything would be easy peasy. Um, but it wasn't. We applied for an apartment and... It ended up being a co-op, which was a really poor choice, um, but we didn't know it was a co-op at first when we mentioned we wanted to apply. We kind of got manipulated into it. Um, and after a three-week process of finding out if we would get the apartment, because you have to be approved by a co-op board, um, we were denied. So thank the universe for our arts community because um i mean right now while i record this podcast all my in my bedroom yes you may think that i have a big recording studio with a classy microphone but what you don't realize is i am on my phone (laughs) but here i am laying on my bed talking to you on my phone and i am staring at the chrysler building i'm staring at the empire state building i'm staring at the queensboro bridge (laughs) we really did get something spectacular but i was owed nothing but because the arts community supported me and helped me in my time of need um and because i was willing to put in the work and the effort that i did yes the universe did work out the way i hoped it would um but it wasn't easy um so just like many situations in our lives when things are really really hard it's often when we're going to get the best outcome as long as we are we we try to remain positive Uh, You can be negative. I'm negative too. But as long as you try to remain positive and you keep on fighting and pushing, you can have a great outcome. And I I feel that's very true um, with what happened in our apartment search because uh, a friend of a friend uh, ended up connecting us to this broker who introduced us to our wonderful landlords. um, And we now have a beautiful apartment in Sunnyside, Queens. So, not like a little mushy there. Um, Then from there, what else happened in my look back? Uh, I've just been teaching, 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 teaching. I I teach, like I said, at five schools, Broadway Dance Center, Steps on Broadway, Greenwich Ballet Academy, where I'm the contemporary dance department head. Um, And then I teach at Stage Light, a competition school in New Jersey, and at the Ballet School of Stamford up in Connecticut. So uh, most of my days are completely booked. I pick up extra classes at Steps and at Broadway Dance Center. I have uh, seven students, eight students now that I'm giving private lessons lessons to in coaching. I'm podcasting. I'm blogging. Um, oh, that blog thing. Let's talk about that blog. So dancing off stage. Um, I remember when I finally decided to to start blogging again, I got so excited that because I, I already knew what my topic, my first topic was going to be about because it was so relevant to everything I'm doing in my life right now. It was the art of reinvention. I was reinventing my blog. I was reinventing my career as a performer into a teacher, a choreographer, a media personality. And also, I was just reinventing my lifestyle moving from Philadelphia to New York. So it felt very appropriate. And uh, the excitement that's followed that blog has been so uh, rewarding because I've only written four blog posts and the the attention it's gotten has been 
Very cool. But unlike my life of freelance dancer blog, where I would write things and people would reach out to me, um, here and there, I've already had a handful of people email me and Facebook message me and whatnot. And like, just like my podcast people, all you people out there, when I meet you at my, in my classes, it's so exciting for me. Um, when you reach out to me, um, and send me an email or a Facebook message, it's so exciting. And it's the same for that blog. And I'm already getting more of that with this blog than I, than I ever got with life of a freelance dancer. So yeah, um, blogging, podcasting, teaching, uh, choreographing youth America grand prix solos and, uh, really looking forward to seeing my kids compete. Um, and now that we're coming up on the new year, um, and I'm looking back at everything that I've been doing, I also have so much to look forward to in the new year. Um, and I, am not really one for resolutions. I don't make resolutions. Um, because I don't like the idea that if I don't follow through with it, that it's a failure because what I'm learning now is a lot of my goals, they, they require multiple steps. Um, sometimes, and the best way I can explain it is this. I, I have a bunch of goals and they're kind of like juggling balls. If I have like 10 balls that I'm juggling around and one drops the floor, I have to take a look at it and I have to go, okay, is it worth me bending over to pick it up or do I leave it on the floor? Okay, well, maybe it's worth picking up, but do I want to put it back into the mix? Because am I prepared to juggle 10 balls right now? Or uh, do I need to stick with nine for the moment and put this one on the shelf and bring it back into the mix when I'm ready for it? I feel like when people make resolutions, they usually have like one major goal in sight. And when it doesn't happen right away, it's disappointing and it's harder to actually uh, obtain that goal or attain that goal. Um, So I I like to set goals more so. so for me, this is, I, I haven't written this down and I've only recently started thinking about this. So I'm kind of uh, exploring this with all of you right now as you're listening. Um, but one of my biggest goals, and I'm just going to put these things out here because, you know, you, you got to live your life, kid. <laughs> um, and just like my, my friend Jessica's dad told me, um, if you put it out there and you try to and, and, and you have it recorded in some way, you're that much more likely to reach it. Um, so, uh, one of my main goals, kind of a dream goal right now is I, I've been working so hard on developing this contemporary dance training program for pre-professional dancers. And I applied for a fellowship at the new, at New York university center for ballet and the arts. And if I get this fellowship, uh, I'll, I'll it'll give me, uh, studio space and funding and access to NYU system to continue developing this program. And, uh, I truly, truly think it's revolutionary, not just because I'm me and it's my baby, <laughs> but um, there really isn't anything like it, at least here in the United States right now. Um, what I've been doing is I've been taking my movement style and I've been breaking it down into uh, a structure that it's not, we don't go through ballet bar, it's very different, but it's it's accessible to ballet dancers because it takes the same idea. So um, for instance, we start with roll downs and then that turns into a ton, then, then we have a tondu type combination that might include uh, pulling yourself off balance or going through a flex or contract like a flex foot or a contraction or an attitude and then um, going we move into different types of jetés and rond de jambes and ways that you can counter balance your your body and then uh, finding ways to isolate certain parts so you can find fluidity or uh, sharpness and other exercises that make you more grounded and whatnot and um, 
I'm watching it work at Greenwich Ballet Academy, and it's very exciting. So I recorded these ex- some of these exercises, and I sent them in. Um, but I think what's really exciting about this technique is um, if I get the fellowship, I am I already have five or six international choreographers who have agreed to be a part of it. I've gotten a very great recommendation. I'm not going to share those people. And I even have somebody who wants to be my artistic consultant for, for this fellowship and this technique. Um, but what's so exciting about it is if I get it, I'm going to be reaching out to 20 and hopefully 20 international choreographers that have works being performed around the world. And I want to ask them what is important for dancers that come into the rehearsal studio with you to understand about your movement style. And I want to take those things. And I want to incorporate it into my, my technique that I'm developing. Um, and then from there as a part of the fellowship, I also want to bring a couple of, uh, dance educators uh into the or into the 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 process of creating the technique and building it um so that i'm not the only one teaching it i don't want to i don't want this to be just barry carolla's teaching this technique i want people around the world sharing it so that we can really bring dancers forward into the today's way of dancing i i remember when i was dancing with ballet x and i got injured i didn't really know like how it happened like i i, I knew it had happened i know why it, like, like what happened but i i now looking back at it uh, and after having a conversation with my my former colleague andrew barty who danced with ballet british columbia um he, who got injured shortly thereafter leaving the Pacific Northwest Ballet and going there just like me going to Ballet X was we didn't understand the fund- fundamentals of contemporary movement. We were really good at mimicking uh, how people were doing it, but we didn't understand how they were doing it. Um, and because of that, after a while, our bodies broke down because we didn't have that foundation of of how to do it properly. We were just surface doing it. We weren't doing it from our core, from our from our foundation. Um, so this is really important to me. Um, beyond that, I, I'm really, uh, like I, like I said earlier, I got to write an article for dance magazine and be featured in it. I got to, uh, write an article and be featured in dance teacher magazine just today. Um, I would love to continue, uh, sharing my experience and knowledge, uh, on platforms like that. It's very exciting to me. I, I learned a couple of years ago that as a kid, I wanted to be famous, um, but I don't want to be famous anymore. I want to be somebody that when I'm gone, like if people say, what is, what is his legacy? I want people to say he really knew what he, what he was doing in his field and he really helped a lot of people out along the way. So I, I'm really proud and happy that I've gotten these opportunities this year and I'd like to do even more of that. Beyond that, um, I'm just really enjoying working with my students and pushing them forward. And um, I'm really excited about bringing my my kids from Greenwich Ballet Academy to Youth America Grand Prix. Um, This is the first year that I've really, really gotten to coach kids regularly. And they actually understood like what I was telling them because we're working on it in class then in the studio. Um, So I'm really hoping that they do very well. not just to do well, but just so that it, it almost validates the work that we're doing. Um, beyond that, my biggest goal of uh, 2018, I can't believe I'm saying 2018, I'm going to be 35 this year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my biggest goal is to really just build up my choreographic portfolio. This year, I got some great opportunities to choreograph on some 
chamber sized companies. And I would love to work with a company um, or a, a very nice school where I would have the opportunity to work with a large scale production. I would love to do something with 20 dancers. I would love to do a 30 minute one act work. I would love to have elaborate set designs and lighting and all of that. Um, I just applied for the New York Choreographic Institute. Um, and I'm, I'm excited at the prospect of being considered for it. I'm, I don't know if I am, but I'm excited at the prospect of being considered for it because one of their sessions, you get to work directly with a costume designer and a lighting designer. Um, and I've done, I've, I've choreographed on kids. I've choreographed on chamber size companies. I've choreographed, uh, in major workshops like the National Choreographers Initiative and, uh, the McCallum Theater's annual choreographic festival. Uh, I've done, Every step along the process of getting to work with a, an established professional company of size. And I'm, it's, I feel like it's the next step and I'm so hungry for it and I'm so eager for it. And I have some really f- fun ideas. Um, and I think some very moving concepts. So, um, I'd really, now that I'm settling down in New York and I have time to focus on, and I know it's a lot to focus on, but I have some time to really focus on my building this technique and choreography. I, I just want, I'm hungry for it. I want it so badly. So I am putting that out there in the universe and I'm hoping that at the end of 2018, I can turn around to you guys and say, I said it, I put it out there and I accomplished it. But I guess we'll all have to wait around and see what happens. Um, so that's, that's my, what I, what I looking back on my 2017 and that's what I'm looking forward to in my 2018. If you made it to the end, thank you for listening to me ramble about myself. Usually I share more information, uh, that's helpful to you, but this time I I guess I just needed to talk. I needed a little bit of a journal, a a verbal journal to, to have here. And I hope that you guys are inspired to do the same for yourself, whether it's verbally with your friends, whether it's writing it down, whether it's writing it online on your Facebook, on your Instagram or anything like that, because I do truly believe that you can achieve (laughs) uh, what you want to if you set your mind to it and you're willing to have rough patches. And when they get rough, don't slow down, push harder. Um, So I I hope that you, this inspires you to do the same. Um, And again, thank you for, for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. So you're going to be hearing this podcast uh, beginning on December 22nd. So I guess it's time for me to say I, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. If you are Jewish, I hope that your Hanukkah was wonderful. That just ended. Um, and if you are non-religious, I hope that you are living a good life. Um, and then from there on, I, I will talk to you guys again on January 5th. I hope that you have a wonderful safe, enjoyable, uh, and exciting new year. And I hope that you, uh, you get everything that you want into your 2018. Alrighty. So I think that's probably a really good place to close off this episode. Don't you think? I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorollis.com. 
You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs, Life of Freelance Dancer, which is now archived, uh, where I posted for five years about the life of freelance artists, and now Dancing Off Stage, which can be found at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com, where I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. Make sure you subscribe, people. Also, I have a YouTube channel uh, featuring my choreography, and you can find that by searching B. Carolis on YouTube. Thanks for listening in to Pod Chat. I hope you return in 2018 <laughs> in two weeks to talk dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.